When it comes to maximizing time in the uplands, without fail, Onyx Hunt is my most valuable tool. From planning my next hunt through a new bird cover to navigating in the field, Onyx Hunt is truly with me wherever I go. With detailed mapping and satellite imagery, along with a multitude of map layers from land access to forestry and habitat information and easy-to-use tools to mark, measure, and catalog important information, Onyx Hunt seamlessly integrates digital scouting with boots-on-the-ground time in the field. With offline mapping and Apple CarPlay integration, you are free to explore the wild landscapes our beloved upland birds inhabit. Planning your next move in the uplands begins with knowing where you stand, and for me, that starts and stops with Onyx Hunt. Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your Onyx Hunt subscription. When the miles rack up faster than your flush count, that's when you'll truly appreciate your hunting vest from Final Rise. Built for the uplands and proudly sewn in the USA, the complete lineup of hunting vests from Final Rise, from their all-new Summit XT down to the minimalist Sidekick system, are all built upon the foundational load-bearing waist belt and low-profile shoulder strap system, which allow you to carry all the gear you need and do so comfortably while maintaining your ability to move freely and perform when you need to most. With a complete lineup of accessories and newly released performance field apparel, Final Rise has the gear you need to help you get the most out of every mile and every flush. Final Rise gear is built for the uplands. Get yours today at FinalRise.com. This episode of the Bird Shop Podcast is presented by Onyx Hunt, Final Rise, and Upland Gun Company. On this episode of the show, we got part one of a Grouse Camp podcast with Bill Colfey and Nick Adair. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 244. All right, welcome to it. Another episode of the Bird Shop Podcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We got part one of a conversation today with a man some people affectionately call Old Timer Bill and his good buddy and mentee, Nick Adair, coming to you from Grouse Camp today. We'll chat with those guys in just a moment. I want to quickly thank Patreon patrons of the Bird Shop Podcast, those of you out there making voluntary contributions to the show. Keep these conversations coming your way. We'll do another Patreon giveaway in November. So, for anybody signed up as a Patreon patron, they are eligible for these Patreon giveaways. They get some discounts from time to time, exclusive bonus content. We send everybody some Bird Shop Podcast can coolers and stickers. And everybody signed up as a Patreon patron through October 31st will be eligible for our next giveaway, which happens to be one of the new tumblers, a decal, and a t-shirt from available inventory at birddogoftheday.com. Guys over at Bird Dog of the Day wanted to make that available to us. So that will be our next Patreon giveaway. Again, anyone signed up through October 31st, a few more days, will be eligible for that. We'll draw the winner in November, and one lucky winner will get set up with some swag from Bird Dog of the Day. All right, a quick note from the Bird Chat Podcast inbox and a half hearted attempt at perhaps accumulating some listener generated content for an upcoming episode. An idea given to me by the emailer that I haven't fully figured it out, but I figured I would mention it here just to see if anybody else has some ideas and or thoughts on how to contribute. So let's go to the email box. Listener Steve writes, 
I was listening to the Millionaire's Dream episode and heard you talking about Hartley's enjoyment of bluegills. My first dog, a female Llewellyn, had the exact same drive. She would do that sunup to sundown, and we had to lift her from the water to stop. That was 30 years ago. Thanks for bringing back a fond memory. He goes on to say, an idea for a show. Have listeners or others share five minutes or less about their favorite dog memories, and you compile them. It would be a great Thanksgiving episode. Thankful for our dogs, or something like that. I'm sure we would all be bawling throughout, but there would be plenty of smiles as well. First of all, thanks to the listener Steve for writing in and sharing his story about a fellow setter that also had a passion for bluegills, like my older setter Hartley. Definitely put a smile on my face reading that. And the idea from Steve, I think, is a good one. I think I got this email around the time that our Wolf podcast was out where we kind of had a segmented interview with different guests and shorter stories. So for this bird dog one, I think it's a really cool idea. I'm not entirely sure how to go about it if I would interview a number of people and do some back and forth like we normally do on the show, or might some folks be interested in voice recording a five to 10 minute story about their bird dog could be anything, just a favorite memory could be a memorable hunt a moment in the woods or the field, or just something unique about your bird dog. I don't know if folks would be comfortable with that. Just talking into the microphone for five to 10 minutes by themselves, like I do every week. But if you are, and you have an idea of Feel free to run it by me. You can always email me at nick at birdshotpodcast.com. You could just voice record yourself and email me that clip. And based on what I get and accumulate, I think it would be kind of a neat thing to publish around that, maybe that Thanksgiving time frame, as the listener Steve suggested. I think that's a cool idea. Or sometime around the holidays, it seems to make sense. So we'll see where it goes. If you have a cool story and you would prefer that I call you up and record it and interview you real quick, I would be happy to do that as well. But I will leave it to the listeners for the time being to at least pitch the ideas to me. And if you've got a cool hunt or a cool memory and you would like to participate in the show, I would love to hear from you. So feel free to email me again, nick at birdchatpodcast.com and we'll see what comes of it. But if nothing else, thanks once again to listener Steve for writing in, sharing a memory of his bird dog and giving a cool idea and contributing to the show. So thanks, Steve. All right, let's get on with it. We're going to talk to old-timer Bill today, as he is referred to often on the Gun Dug It Yourself podcast, Nick Adair Show. Those two guys were up in my neck of the woods earlier this week. I was able to meet up with them for a couple of days, spent some time at the cabin, spent some time in the woods. We didn't have a lot of hunt time together, and we actually had kind of a slow day our one main afternoon that we had to hunt. So it is what it is. But it was really great to finally connect with Bill, who I've heard much about over the years. As you'll soon find out, he is a passionate, passionate southern grouse hunter who makes a trip north most years to chase grouse in the north woods. And although we got started hunting the same birds in different areas of the country, as we often learn, us bird hunters have much in common, no matter where we get started, how we got started, what birds we chase, where we chase them. And that was very, very evident in our conversation today. So on part one of today's show, we're going to hear mainly from Bill, Bill's story. And on next week's show, part two, while I will be at my cabin again and doing some more days in the grouse woods, we will bring in Nick just a bit more and we get into talking about some grouse hunting tools and technology and journaling and some other random notes and topics of conversation from grouse camp. So with that, 
Let's get on with the show and welcome into the conversation and onto the Birdshot Podcast, Bill Coffey and Nick Adair. Welcome to it, boys. It is good to be here. We're anything but punctual, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're a, this is a leisurely morning. This is an official cabin cast. I wish I could start every morning with a waking up here and, and cabin podcast. I think the last time we I recorded here was when you were here a year ago, man. With Jacob and Andrew. Jacob and Andrew. It's a special place, man. And it, it's, it does something to you waking up in a place like this rather than, you know, your normal busy hubbub life and, yeah. and routine just getting out here and you, you got the north woods and the aspens still have a little bit of gold hanging on you yep. still got a little bit of red in the oaks and uh you got grouse right down the street or supposedly yeah at least yeah yeah we had a little bit of a slow day yesterday yeah. Yeah. we did confirm their existence hit, hit and miss yeah. hit and miss yeah. Yeah. little miss mandy helped us out yesterday yeah late yesterday uh finding some birds it is yes. also October 25th, so if you are uh, of the grouse hunting type, you're you're a happy guy this time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or woman, guy or woman. Especially yeah. this year up in the Northwoods. It's been something unreal a little bit. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, It's been a fun, fun fall so far, and it's kind of varying depending on when rifle deer seasons are starting and where you are when you're listening to this, where you're at in your season, but... Uh, it's been fun. We'll talk about that a little bit today. Let's do some quick intros. You probably recognize the voice of Mr. Nick Adair. You've been on the show before. Yes, sir. Yep. Welcome back. Yep. Thanks for having me as always. And we got a new new guest on the show today, uh, somebody that I'm excited to have finally met this week and got to spend a little woods time together yesterday. Bill, it's been fun getting to know you, buddy. Uh, it's, it, it's been a blessing to be here, a blessing to, to have this opportunity to be up here uh, with you guys is, is something else. Um, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, Nick hasn't embellished too much about me, uh, cause none of it's worth, uh, you know, uh, you warned me right away. I, I warned you right away. He might embellish some things about <laughs> me or whatnot, but, uh, thank the world of Nick, um, and, uh, just seeing him progress and grow. Yeah. Well, yeah. first off, the legend needs no embellishment whatsoever, right. old-timer Bill. For for those listening on your end that doesn't aren't really familiar with him, he's uh, a, a large reason of why I'm obsessed with the the rough grouse. And uh, you know, a lot of people refer to that as as mentors, if you will. Yep. But uh, you know, whether mentor, just friend, or or hunting partner, whatever word you want to describe it, that's. Uh, that's this man right here, and this is the first time we've gotten to share walks and time in the woods in actual bird country. We're usually down there chasing, uh, you know, uh, imaginary beasts, yep. so to speak. And yep. uh, so it, it's been awesome getting up here, and, and thank you for opening up your cabin and, and kind of affording us the opportunity to chase birds up here in the north woods together. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's. I'm happy to do it. I'm I'm lucky to have this. My family has this place, and and we uh, we get to use it. So it's it's pretty awesome. And I'm glad you guys have been able to have a good time, enjoy yourselves. It's been you know it's been good October conditions, kind of cooler temps, and um, man, you have to really 
dig deep to find something to complain about. <laughs> That's right. Right now. That's so, right. And I think we all recognize that. Yeah. My biggest complaint's my shooting on this trip. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Suffering a lot. Suffering a lot. So. That just implies yeah. that you've had something to shoot at, though. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, for me, that's just a big part of it. And especially, you know, coming to the Northwoods and getting to see grouse. Yeah. You know, uh, most of my down south hunting is in Tennessee. And, you know, we have had uh, uh, struggling years. And uh, for the last 20, I'm going to say. Yep. And uh, just, just to be able to see the bird. Uh, I have just such an admiration and respect and for the for the bird um and uh it's just a uh it's just a real passion and just to be able to see it hear that flush see that fan mm-hmm. you know um mesmerizing that's why i miss so much <laughs> yeah 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 well we can all use that excuse so it's a good one but yeah no it, it's even just talking to you the last couple of days it's it's very apparent that you're a you're a passionate grouse hunter and um, we're all fortunate to know many people like that. You know, we kind of, we're a small world in general and we stick together for the most yeah. part. And you recognize it when you see it, that passion. You do. Yeah. And, and it's like with Nick, um, you know, we went out one day and he's all eyes. Yeah. You know, we didn't, we didn't raise any birds. Uh, we went out another day and still didn't raise any birds, but the, but the drive is there. Yeah. And uh, this is what I'm looking for in a habitat. This is, you know, and Nick is soaking it in. We made some tours through a WMA, and I showed him what I would be looking for. This, this is early on. This is early Nick. on. Yeah. This is yeah. early on. Uh, this was in the days of uh, Greenhorn Nick. Nick, Nick, Nick yeah, that's good. I don't want Nick had Rachel, and Rachel was just young. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and um, being from being from the Southland for us, it was always setters and pointers. And uh, Nick and I had met, uh, and part of that understanding that he had a passion yeah. was that he was interested in um, getting some uh, uh, folks together and a chapter together of, of RGS in the Nashville area. Mm-hmm. And um, did, how did you guys connect originally? It, actually, it was through that meeting. Okay, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm was a member of Appalachian Hollis chapter, which is a four hour drive for me to yeah. to do anything. So I wasn't able to do anything, and I was was interested um, in. Uh, when the letters come out for the birds and brew and we met and mm-hmm. that's where he and I met and we had a long conversation uh, that evening and we had a second meeting down there um, and uh, got together but said all right we'll, we'll go to the woods you know next fall let's go see what we can find yeah. and um, so I knew from, from that from Nick that he was interested in habitat he was interested in the development and, and helping things along uh, in Tennessee. And yeah. Of course, the, the first trip he comes in, you know, we're uh, he, and back to the original thought that I'm always, have always been setters and pointers. Yeah. Okay. Started with pointers, went to setters, and, and uh, Nick comes with a German short hair. And, uh, and so I'm going, okay, this is different, <laughs> but, uh, you know, check Rachel, side yeah, of the list. check that, you know, 
And and Rachel just, you know, I had seen some short hairs and never hunted behind one, but yeah. I'd seen some and and uh, seen some in the field, but never behind one. And I was really impressed with Rachel. Yeah. And uh, she, she was doing a really good job, and it's fantastic to see how she's developed over the years with Nick's with Nick's help mm-hmm. and, and uh, with his uh, training and and that too. Um, it just it was just worth it. So yeah, yeah. You know, you you hear from a lot of people that they may go to something such as the birds and brews event. I can't even remember what it was called. Something like that when we mm-hmm. were trying to get a chapter going. And you get some people that talk about, yeah, let's one day go for a walk. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah we should link up at some point. Yeah, give me a call. Sometime. Everything sounds doable. Everything right sounds doable, and, and, and it's always one day, one day, one day. Well, yeah. the difference with Bill is. As you, I think that you're probably getting the the impression of him in the past few days is like there's not a, a one day with him. It's just like no Saturday. Yep. Let's let's <laughs> let's go. Let's do this. And uh, and so it wasn't like just a general invite. It was actually genuine. It, it was let's go do it. It's and that next step. Yeah, it, it's you know you, you always hear people kind of throw the the offer out there, but you don't really like. There's nothing behind it, yep. and uh, and I could tell with him, you know, he literally was just excited to get other Tennessee younger guys yep. out there chasing these birds that you know may or may not exist on the landscape, and uh, and what he described is exactly what happened. We went out there, and I'm he probably got sick and tired of my questions. Uh, which he's paid back and, you know, retelling the same stories over and over and over again over the years. But uh, but you're walking through the woods. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm that kid. What's this? What's that? What's this? You know, why, why, why? Yeah. And, uh, and, and I don't think he quite was fully prepared for the level of uh, – questioning and involvement i was going to be yeah. <laughs> in the woods <laughs> and you're absolutely right and, and nick to, to your credit uh you have moved far beyond what i looked for in the woods you have studied it even deeper and um you know what food sources are you can actually identify them you know, I could see them and knew that's what they were. Mm-hmm. You name them, you know when they're, you know when they're at their prime. You know, you know, and um, and, and I guess I probably, you know, after you've done something for so many years, uh, you start to think that everybody understands what you understand, but you've taken it to a different level, and uh, to 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 drive and to be looking and uh, to see what needs to be done. Do you be using your influence uh, within our state as well and within now throughout the country? And, and, uh, you know, we all talk about habitat and the need for it. But Nick talks about taking younger guys. And with what we saw happen for over the last 20 years with grouse in Tennessee, there's a real need for the younger advocates, you know, Um, that would have been, a, you know, for a lot of situations and still a lot of the guys, uh, older guys, um, they're not willing to do that. They're not willing to, you know, grab on to, to younger folks. But we've got to have advocates for our bird. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, to bring new guys into the fold. And, uh, you know, uh, Nick has led me into uh, – some other guys will be hunting with one of them up here tomorrow, and um, he sent me some other guys to 
take you into those habitats, show them what I'm looking for. And, uh, and uh, it's been kind of uh, interesting because, you know, um, how many different dog breeds have a hunter behind the house? <laughs> it's like, you know, some of these guys are saying, what is that? <laughs> but wire hair pointing griffin, uh, wimeranner, um, more short hairs. What else, Nick? Oh, uh, I, and then there's Lucy. Yeah, when, yeah, the monster. When, when you got the monster, in uh, I didn't think of it in that way. Is I did show up, and you're like a German short hair pointer, and then within the first year or two, he's probably hunted over the majority of the breeds in <laughs> <Dogs>. NAVDA. <laughs> that's that's about the size of it. So it's, you know, I, I kidded Nick. You know, when Rachel was out, and I had Mandy down, and Mandy's always been pretty proficient backer. And it's not, I'm not sure, Nick, if Mandy is going to back your because you can't tell which way your dog is pointed so uh you know i i i humor that and and say that but you know everybody needs to be happy with the dogs they have yeah and i'm not going to knock any of the dogs uh and i don't intend to everything is in good humor so uh and again uh whatever dogs that folks are choosing to hunt with they got to be happy with and it's their dog. I, I'm not here to bash a breed, you know. Uh, you know the ones that I'm favored toward, and and uh, you know uh, I had to ease into a Gordon Setter because my wife wanted one, <laughs> and uh, she's she uh, developed slow, but she has uh, the first birds I've had pointed for the last three years. Uh, Off her nose, Parker. Mm-hmm. Parker has done the deed. And, uh, yeah. so, uh, we're, you know, we're just, we're just, uh, excited to have her, uh, along with the, along with the white setters. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You got a nice little string out there. It's funny. You talk about like kind of labeling the habitat, you know, and, and I've wondered that too, cause I have obviously started doing that and people have probably heard Nick and I talk about it and, but I didn't always do that. Like when I was growing up as a kid, I was hunting and. I eventually, by just doing it enough, you look at things, and I recognize that as grouse cover. And I maybe could have told you it was an aspen tree. Sure. Maybe. But Mm -hmm. it didn't go much beyond that. And, you know, is it the podcast that, like, I'm talking about this stuff? So when you're talking about things, you have more of a tendency to label things? Or maybe it's just the evolution of, of my grouse hunting and stuff where i've now i'm that's hazelbrush and that's you know there's a red oak and there's white pines and i just i kind of get a kick out of right labeling stuff as i'm yeah. walking through it exactly and but to your point there's plenty of people that just they see grouse cover they know it to be grouse mm-hmm. cover yeah. and that's just it for yeah. them so it's, mm-hmm. i don't know it's kind of interesting and i've always been one regardless of maybe the species i'm hunting is is hunting the edges yeah. Um, I'm always looking for an edge, yep. you know, um, and uh, never typically in the middle of anything. Um, I like for at least two. And, and you know, even even with grouse, I get three or four cover tops come together in a corner. Yep. You know, typically you're going to have some success uh, doing those things. So, yep. you know, and I'm not given... Uh, again, to Nick's credit, he can name all of this stuff. I can't name all of it, so uh. not all of it. I, I can <laughs> name some of it. I, I'm 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 trying to I try to add a, a few things each year, but 
to your point, you, you bring up, you know, I haven't really thought of it in the, in, in the picture that you just painted with the fact that like by doing the podcast, it's hard to discuss this stuff without that, that being, real tangly stuff yeah, that exactly. we were walking through yesterday. You know, you start labeling. Exactly. It. Yeah. And, and, and I thinking on that, it's like, yeah, I, I got tired of through the podcast and messaging and so many people reaching out and asking, how do I get involved? What do I look for? You know, that's, we invite that. We, yeah. we encourage that. We want that engagement and, uh, to spread the message. I got tired of saying, I just have to show you. I got tired of like, Oh, you just have to see it. And, and that was like a, a big catalyst for me to start learning the names of this stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, on the other side of it, you know, back to, you know, all the, the important advocacy and, and conservation stuff, like how, how can you talk about this stuff without being able to name it? Right. You right. know, it, to me, that is just as important. And it's not like, Oh, you're just reading this in a book and you're learning that, but it's, there's really no like applicability in the field. It's like no, by by studying this and learning about it, you are going to be a a better and more efficient hunter out there in the field, and uh, it, that's something that you know you've you've helped me with when I you know I come up here. It's just like y'all have a completely different kind of set of plants and food sources up here that we don't have down south it's like down south you know we have like three staples you come up here and it's just like you can open the crop of a bird and there's 10 different food sources in it yeah yeah it definitely can can make you a better hunter can make you a better ambassador kind of like to, to your point bill just being able to talk about and have conversations about the forest in in different ways just i don't know it's it's fun it's fun but it's it can be useful as well which i oh, think, yeah. think we all all recognized. Well, I mean, in a way, so I, I didn't think about it until now, but like your influence on Nick probably has a lot to do with, you know, me actually eventually meeting you and hunting. So I got you to thank Bill for connecting me with Nick in an indirect way. And well, the, the, in turn, uh, we've gotten the inter, you know, got introduced to you and, uh, I, I really feel honored, uh, you know, uh, to, uh, to, uh, be with you guys and, uh, to uh, have this opportunity to to talk, uh, I'm not sure that I have a whole lot of great things to to say to offer. Uh, go burn boot leather, okay? Yeah, yeah, you know that's yeah. that's that's kind the moral of, of the story. Yep, after that's absolutely forty fifty this, years yeah. of doing it. Yep, yeah. yeah, it all comes back down to the basics. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's all right. Keeping it simple is okay. That's it. Well, I, I have long. I I consider myself lucky to have. I got started hunting early, and I had you know, my dad, but like other older people mm -hmm. in my life that led me and guided me and mentored me to use that, to use that term in, in hunting. And I, so I've always had a, had an appreciation and a respect for those people in my life. And I, you're another person that I can, I know you've been doing this for a long time. And so I'm immediately I'm interested in, you know, some of your experiences and stories. And we've, we've been hearing a few over the, <laughs> over the past couple of days. And, uh, but I love that stuff. It's just, it's that yeah. storytelling is important to yes. humans and, and well, it's a huge a part of hunting. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a thing that every time that, uh, Nick may offer a new guy for me to take to the woods, it's like, okay, Nick told you, you were going to have to listen to a lot of stories. <laughs> right. And, uh, like they get this blank look like, yeah. <laughs> It's like okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna have some stories, but yeah, yeah. So you know, just sharing the experiences, sharing the old, you know, the history and yep. things that we did, and you know, um, I was 
really probably 20 before I really seriously was uh, started taking grouse, taking up grouse, and we did a lot of yeah. quail hunting. Okay. And um, trained my first dog. I was uh, 16 when I trained my first dog, quail dog. And What kind of dog was it? Uh, it was a pointer. Okay. Yeah. And uh, dad brought this langley little pup home. He had had, uh, this was uh, mid-70s, and he had had uh, dogs in the 50s and hadn't really had one uh, since then. Um, and uh, his his work seemed to captivate most of his time. And uh, so we trained trained the, the pointer, and we had birds in the backyard. We had, you know, quail across the road, uh, you know, different places that we could go and, and hunt in those days. Those, those acres are gone now. Um, but... Uh, so I actually trained the dog, and uh, you know, picked up picked up a book that that uh, the old Walters book, and you know, uh, that's that's there wasn't much available. Yep. You know, there just wasn't much available. Yep. And I'm thinking back, you know, uh, for the resources that you guys supply now, man, if I'd have had that then, yeah, I could have made Buster. Okay, a real a real bird dog, and uh, y'all named a bird dog Buster. Buster, we did. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's that's fitting. <laughs> and and the reality for him, he would bust the cover, but he would not bust the birds. Okay. Uh, now he <laughs> may be, draw the line. He somewhere. may be hunting in an adjacent <laughs> county because I'm I'm fairly confident he had. Uh, we didn't have any papers on him. Like I say, he was a gift yep. to dad, and uh, uh, we. Ha- actually had grouse on the hillsides behind our house but okay. they were very sparse now if buster ever in those days bird dogs and every other dog was on a chain okay it was just just, just wasn't the kennel uh, scenario that we have today yeah Buster loose the chain. He was going to be gone for four hours. Okay, and uh, he would come back. Freedom. He, he was free, but uh, Buster was an interesting dog. Uh, he probably pointed his first grouse when he was about five, and uh, we were uh, we uh, were um, doing some uh, quail hunting, and. Uh, we uh, happened to jump a jump a, a, a grouse in a, in a TVA power line, and um, my buddy that was with me had no idea. He was brand new to uh, quail hunting himself. We'd taken him the year before, uh, and he had picked up a pointer. He, you know, and uh, so I'm yelling at him, "Shoot, Sean, shoot!" And he's looking at it, and he's. What was I supposed to shoot what that? What it? was that? He had no idea. And and he wasn't raised up in any kind of family or whatever, whether no. hunting or camping or anything. And and I guess as far as mentoring someone, he was my first. And uh and we become uh we become lifers. Yeah. Do you remember your first grouse? Yeah, yep, I do. And uh, again, the, the hunt with, with was with Sean and I. And um, first year, uh, we both had new pups that year. And uh, 
He had so a. So this uh, is like you're in your twenties now. We're 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 at twenty. I'm, we're we're just starting to bust the the woods, and yep. we were in um, we were in Tennessee along the <laughs> river, and and. Uh, Do I need to cut that out now? Is that hot spotting now? <laughs> nah, <laughs> okay. It, it's not hot spotting because it's not that that hot now. Okay. But okay. We were, <laughs> I don't think there is a hot spot. No, there's not. And uh, but we were headed up ridges, and we were headed up. It, up the mountain we both picked a different ridge we were within yep. 100 yards of each other okay and i'm watching him now um sean shot like me or maybe worse actually that was a better <laughs> shot than he was and uh first grouse uh his uh young pointer goes on point and i can see him because you know we got a blow down over there uh i'm sure it was a big oak and uh so he goes in, he said, I've got a point. I said, okay. And um, he steps in, grouse goes out, one or two shots. Boom, shoot, dog gone. And uh, dog still pointing, takes another step. Another bird goes out. Boom, boom. So you're going to reload that thing. So, uh, and uh, he gets reloaded. And the third one, I think, goes out. And, uh, there was one in there that he didn't get a shot at. I think he may have been reloading. Anyway, he uh, five five birds, five grouse came out of that tree, out of that blowdown. The last one he took a shot at, but it curved back over across my ridge mm. above my above me about thirty feet up, and uh, I shot that bird, and it landed. Now we had a big ravine. Between, between us. Between you guys. Yeah. Between us. Um, Sean slid down the ravine, scaled up, come up, and we had a joyful time on that ridge. Oh, yeah, we celebrated that one big time. So <laughs> uh, it, it was as if he had killed that one himself. Yeah. So, you know, and uh, and and I feel the same way when that, today when a young guy kills one. You're sharing in that I, celebration. Yeah. 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 Man, that's, that's cool. It's still with you, obviously. Gearing up for your next hunt? Check out Ugly Dog Hunting Company for all your dog supply needs. Ugly Dog Hunting carries a full line of products for your bird dog and even some for you. Whether you're looking for dog collars, GPS tracking devices, kennels, beds, leads, training equipment, or first aid supplies, Ugly Dog Hunting carries it and a whole lot more. New owner of the company and friend of the Bird Shop podcast, Mike Nadusky, loves to remind me that while I do hunt with pretty dogs, every dog can be an ugly dog. Check out the entire selection of gear for you and your bird dog at UglyDogHunting.com. For many upland hunters, along with their passion for dogs, birds, and the places we chase them, comes a passion for shotguns. Upland Gun Company specializes in customizing shotguns for the upland bird hunter imported from Italy and shipped direct to an FFL near you. Select from one of their side-by-side or over-under shotgun platforms and customize the fit, function, and aesthetics to your liking. Design and build your next upland hunting shotgun with Upland Gun Company today. Visit uplandguncompany.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, you are in a unique position, certainly at this table, of, I mean, we were talking a little bit about it this morning, the change in grouse hunting in that part of the world, Tennessee, southern southern Appalachians. And, you know, I'd be curious to hear from your perspective. You know, we're talking about a timeline that's uh, even 30 years, which is a long time, but in the grand right. scheme of things, it's not that long. And you have kind of a unique thing you were talking to me about you know some family stuff where you sort of were hunting right back in those early days right and you knew a certain grouse hunting and then you took a break right had life life was busy and other things going on and came back and it was very much different it was i'd love to hear just some of your thoughts and kind of like you know maybe walk us through that timeline a little bit and like what do you see what do you take what because you know i could sit here and conjure up like you know i hear of lack of cutting and i hear all these basic things but what have you seen bill i think i think the you know we have had uh, a lack of cutting especially and i'm talking about in tennessee yeah international force and that's where we spend a lot of time there's still some burgeon significance significant birds in spots on private land mm. um throughout some of the tennessee mountains off out and off of in the cumberland mountains if you will the clinch mountain areas um there are birds there on private land that's not necessarily been managed but where there have been some things cut yeah. and, and and whatnot um i had a 17 plus day with some folks that uh, were able to get me access to some property, and we hunted with them. That was about six or seven years ago. Mm. But backing up, um, 80s, 90s, East Tennessee, Cumberland Plateau, even 70s. Um, and, and, again, I really didn't start hunting the grouse till the 80s. 80s. But during some of my deer hunt adventures back in those days on the plateau, you were seeing stuff. The grouse was there. Yeah. You know, they're they're coming out of the ravines looking at you if you're sitting on a deer stand. Um, and um, uh, one of my experience was was in December 26, 1975. <laughs> okay. I just received a new new deer rifle for Christmas Ooh. the day before. God. And we had actually quail hunted on Christmas Day the day before. Living the dream. And so uh, the the morning of the 26th, um, I uh, uh, my dad couldn't make that trip. And uh, so my deer hunted, one of my deer hunting mentors, and he and dad were friends, and uh, picked me up. And we headed uh, to uh, what is uh, what was once Bowwater Properties in uh, in uh Tennessee, and uh, now it's part of the Big South Fork. Um, so we get there, and he said, Bill, he said, take that rifle and go down there. So I made it about um, about a quarter of a mile into the woods, came upon a brush pile, and a grouse goes out. Well, the day before, I'd had a shotgun in my hand. I'll be honest, that rifle came up. I go, wait, no, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so... 
uh, it was still going to be five years before I actually took a grouse or, you know, started focusing on grouse. But that was just one of those, one of those days. But we were seeing grouse there um, on a plateau, Cumberland Plateau in Tennessee regularly. It was no, you know, no big deal. Uh, I had days in the night, uh, you know. I uh, didn't hunt there for grouse in the 80s, but I moved into that area in the late 80s. So through the 90s of Cumberland Plateau, um, I was seeing grouse regularly. And it, it was different from what you may have here because you you were look, still looking for specific habitats. Yeah. You know, uh, you could... And, and you guys, I'm sure, do some of the same things. You're looking at that. That's not going to hold anything. You know, here are the grapevines. Here are the, here's the laurel. Here's this. There's going to be birds there. So you'd pop in, get a couple of hours hunt. It wasn't anything unusual mm-hmm. to uh, to get five birds up, you know, and that's on the on the plateau. Um, same thing in the, in the National Forest. Um uh, during uh, during the eighties, you know, uh, we could go there. TVA TVA properties in lower elevations. That's like uh, some utility thing. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, TVA Tennessee power. Valley. Yeah, they they own a lot of the property around the lakes. Um, you know, some people familiar with that uh, like some of our lakes in Tennessee. The Corps of Engineers own property mm-hmm. now. Yeah, but most in Tennessee, in East Tennessee, uh, were Tennessee Valley uh, t- TVA property. Um, it's Tennessee Valley Authority. So, um, but we would, we could go out and, you know, we were, like I say, in the early eighties, we were hunting quail, we were hunting grouse and occasionally we could get woodcock. There were days that we took all three home in the bag and, uh, and, uh, you know, those, those were, those were neat days, uh, and there was a lot of days that we shot, and we wished we had them in the bag, but they were still flying. Yeah, heads. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but as things progressed, and I was, I spent a lot of time in the nineties on the plateau hunting. Occasionally, I would get into uh, further East Tennessee mountains, but most of it was spent plateau. I wasn't having trouble finding birch per mm-hmm. se. Um, around two thousand. Uh, I had a bad bird dog. Okay, there are bad ones on occasion, um, <laughs> and uh, my my good dog had had died a couple of years earlier. We weren't in a good uh, area uh, for property wise to do training. Yeah, like I needed to be able to, do and just didn't go there. We had family illnesses with and that kind of thing on the home front, and so we were. My wife and I both were spending a lot of time attending to. Your attention was elsewhere. Our attention, our daughter was uh, uh, just you know ten, eleven, pre adolescent, yeah. and uh, and pushed into teenage, and uh, so my wife was teaching, um, and so we were very, very busy. And so I went from two thousand to two thousand seven and didn't hunt grouse, and um, other than maybe going to try to do a few walk up things, yeah. Um, and so in 2007, 2008 season, I took my new bird dog and, uh, pup, a, a and setter, a setter. Yeah. And, uh, we headed into the, we headed into, uh, some covers where five, five flushes was never a problem, you know, seven, eight years before. And, uh, I'm headed into that cover and nothing. 
And so over the course of the that season, I walked 146, 47 foot miles. And I got one point and one flush. How were you tracking those foot miles? Uh, I was carrying, I was carrying oh, GPS, GPS okay. with me. Right. I was carrying, yeah. Right. And uh, I was carrying a GPS with me. And Just one of those old school Garmin handheld ones. Yeah. yeah, the one I'm still wearing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going you know, to talk technology later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> you mean you mean we're not going to talk about the compass and topographical maps? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it was uh, one one it was point painful. one point one flush, yeah. hundred forty six miles. Yeah, and so you know the next year I cut back some on trying f- to find grouse. Uh, didn't still wasn't able just we were so busy to make any trips further east yeah. off of the plateau um, and um, you know might flush a couple of birds a year 2007 2008 2009 2010 um, and I knew Amos was a good doc you know um, he had all, he'd, he had pointed his quail uh, he'd pointed some woodcock and uh and handled the birds well, and I knew he was a good dog, and I'm I'm feeling for him. I'm feeling for myself too. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Miss Beverly, uh, my wife, she says, uh, so what do you want for your fiftieth birthday, which is 2010? And I said, I want to go to Wisconsin and cross hunt. She said, you can't do that in March. That's when your birthday is. I said. <laughs> I'll wait six months. <laughs> <laughs> Delay the party's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we got up. Um, First drop, uh, we get out and it, and I get into it and uh, I had had some folks uh, give me some advice that uh, to look forward. So the first drop, I'm into the woods and I'm in there about an hour and I'm going, this isn't right. And uh, Amos makes his first point, mm. but it's a porcupine. <laughs> okay, the only porcupine. And what's amazing is is uh, what. Yesterday, day before, we encountered the porcupine. That's the only third porcupine encounter that I've had in, in all of your hunting. In, in all the in all the hunting wow. here in the Northwest, yeah. I don't so, I don't get into them very yeah. often either. But so, yeah, but uh, so I pulled him back, you know. And I think my setters association with cats, they you know they don't <laughs> they they're not the German dogs. <laughs> yeah, right. right. And so it's like, come on, that's you not can, it. you can get them yeah. out of there. So yeah. we we got out uh, without any pin cushions uh but we 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 went across the road i'm going okay this is the habitat was described um made it 200 yards and amos goes on point and uh birds on the ground we have birds in uh in the in the conifers just all around us yeah five five birds flush out um i couldn't see any of them to be honest but uh, Miss Beverly, with her camera, caught the, the. She actually has the shot going off. Really? Because with Amos and his association now with grouse, you know, he's. I, I'm trying to tell him this is what we're hunting. Yeah. So I, I go ahead and shoot to uh, confirm that with him. This yes. is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connecting you know. the dots for him. And so uh, we went from there and. Uh, we had a great week, you know, uh, poor thing. He was absolutely worn out, even though he was only three years old. It was you and one it dog. Was, and it was me yeah. and one dog yeah. and, and, uh, uh, you know, 
So it wasn't long till it was time to invest in another dog if we're going to the Northwoods. Was that the first? Was that the first time that Beverly started tagging along, or would she go with you down in the down in the south? She she went with me down on the south, okay. um, and uh, the and as I told you, one of the best things I ever did was buy her a camera. Yeah, you yeah, know? you guys had some good times together. And so this was uh, she had been teaching school. She needed a hobby to get rid of that uh, stress uh, to release so she had a camera we had gone out in the spring we'd gone out at different times uh, and uh, you know she was wanting to capture wildlife uh, she's not a gunner uh, not really comfortable with guns and uh, you know having one in her hand but uh, but uh, that uh, particular day we knew that there we knew that there were grouse I knew that there were grouse in this island we had bought her in the spring and bought her this camera uh, this would have been 87 I'm, uh no no this was now i'm trying to go back they, i'm pretty back sure away. this was 1987 yeah. yeah so she said i'm gonna get a grouse she's in she had been around enough so i'm gonna get a grouse in flight oh yeah okay and she had seen one or two on the ground on the side of the roads and blah 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 and uh so i'm gonna get one in flight. okay come on let's go so we've got Ben at that point in time, and he was my first English setter, and she had actually surprised me the year before uh, with him on my birthday in '86, and um, she came home with a, a white pup, and uh, she knew I was wanting an English setter. That's what that's what came home. So, uh, but we had Ben with us, and we headed up. We knew there were, were grouse in there. Uh, we had been in a few weeks before, or. Uh, and had 19 flushes mm. right there. Now, some of those were, were I'm sure, were the same birds because they flew in circles. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they actually ended up where they started yeah. by the time we were done. Yeah. We were dead. This was Sean and I. But I said, we're going to get you this picture. We're going to get you this picture. So we go up, and uh, we weren't, you know, but maybe 40, 50 yards into the hollow running up the side of the mountain. And the grouse goes up. I said, did you get that? She said, they're fast, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the world of the rough grouse. <laughs> they're fast, aren't they? <laughs> to this day, she's still trying to get one. Jeez. She's still trying to get one in uh, in flight yeah. and uh, hasn't been able to achieve that. Uh, she's got lots on the ground. Uh, as you guys know, you know, I don't ground swat. And, uh, and uh, we've even had them where we pull up in front of them and I'll tap and mimic drumming on the steering wheel to get them to puff up. For oh, it. really? Yeah. And yeah. you've done that successfully. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's interesting. And, uh, you know, I'll just, <laughs> you'll have to try that next time. Yeah. You have the dueling oh, well, grouse. How, yeah. how perfect would that <laughs> but, have been? But, yeah. But, a couple but that days tail ago. fan, that tail fan will come out. Yeah. And it, and you know, the roughs come out. Let's do like, it on the table here. Let's hear you. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, you're in his territory. He's, yep. Yeah. You know, yep. he's, he's, he's puffing out. He's he's ready to fight. He, you know, and, I've never yeah. thought to do that. Okay. That's funny, though. I'll, I'll try to share some pictures with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, so she's got pictures that way. Uh, and she's walked with me. Um, but we, we made that we made that trek up the mountain in Laurel. And, and we got to the top and said, how do you want to go back? Do you want to? Do you want to walk back the way we came, or 
do you want to slide through the laurel? <laughs> <laughs> and we slid through the laurel. No kidding. Okay. Uh, we slid through the laurel. Is laurel down thorny? The... No. 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 Okay. no it's no. just thick. It's just thick. And, we're you know, you're unloading the shotgun. And yeah. I'm, I'm, we're grabbing limbs as we go down sliding Jeez. on it, you know. That was back. Oh, boy, would I pay for that today? But anyway, <laughs> uh, but uh, we made it back down, and uh, in a few weeks later, um, actually a few weeks later, uh, for our fifth anniversary, she gave me uh, a shotgun. Jeez, and uh, which was shotgun was a Browning. <laughs> uh, it, it was the Browning, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, uh, the 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 Browning uh, side by side. Oh, the BSS. The BSS. Oh, yeah. And uh, so uh, she gave me that. And uh, twelve gauge. Twelve gauge. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. You know, and it was the la- it was like the last year that Browning okay. was going to be making that gun, and she, she she went looking for it. There were only three guns left on the East Coast, and the wow. folks ordered it for her, got it. Yep. And you know, she couldn't afford all that at once, so she was a little layaway. Yeah. That's and, neat. So, uh, like I say, she she bought that one for me, and you know, it's like every other gun I have, I'm still trying to learn how to hit with it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty carrying it either way. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> do you have that one it with does. you? I do. All right, I do. Right, we'll check that out later. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, but uh, she has gone with me, and even uh, yep. you know, even today, well, she she's making some short walks, uh, struggling with some lung issues that have. We've gotten some improvement on. Uh, we've had to really protect her last few years, but yeah, been taking her on some short walks. Um, uh, Twenty eighteen was the last time she was able to make walks here with us. Okay, uh, in the North Woods, and, and she was up in twenty twenty one with me. Uh, and the whole the family, my daughter, son in law, and granddaughter were with us, and she probably would have made a walk there, but she uh, stumped her toe as soon as we got into mm. the cabin. And broke her toe. Oh my gosh! So there was no, there was not going to be any walking. Yeah. Uh, but she's made some some local walks with me. Yeah. Over the last couple of years in in Tennessee. So uh, again, uh, she's not uh, she's not a gunner, yeah. but uh, uh, she can, she can make some good grouse. Though. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. It's it's fun. it was fun. You know, hearing about the the photography and the book she puts together and. The, that you guys have obviously had some stories, the steaming piles of bear poop. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's, it, it, as I think I mentioned to you, we have a, uh, we have a collection of stories, and, and all those stories end with her saying to me, I'm never going with you anywhere ever again. And there are about 35 of those stories. So at some point in time, we're going to put those short stories in with a, with a page of his story. History, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then her story. Yes. You know, or maybe her story first. And I'll tell my, you know, we're not, because she has a tense to embellish. <laughs> now, Nick, can you corroborate what, who's the I, embellisher? Miss B feeds me quite often when I show up, so I'm going to sit okay, out of this all right. one. <laughs> He's pleading the fifth. He's pleading the fifth here. <laughs> yeah. No. But she, she successfully fed me more often than Bill's successfully put me on birds i'll just go it that way <laughs> shots fired that's it, that's it. Oh, but man. uh but it's been it's been uh you know we've been uh married now 40 years we dated for five years before and the story on the shotgun is okay the whole time that we were dating i was 
still in high school. We met in high school. Okay. It was in college. And, and, she, and uh, I'd tell people, she buy me that BSS. I'll marry her. I'll marry her. <laughs> it, became, it became a joke uh, sure you know, with her. And then she surprised me with it. <laughs> On the fifth anniversary, you dropped your knee right but there. She, she, <laughs> no, no, we we had been married five years. Oh, oh yeah. That's so, right. so we, you know, it was our fifth anniversary. Uh, we got married a week before Christmas, okay, and then Christmas. So, yeah. we got a combination of of uh, Christmas and and anniversary gift. Yeah, and uh, when she gave me that shotgun, so. yeah, that's really cool, Bill. That's that's awesome. <laughs> oh man, well, Bill, you you do not project yourself as somebody that has all the answers but i, I suspect you might have a few or at least a thought or two yeah and, and i'm curious after all these years of doing it and owning different dogs you know you know nick and i we talked about the self you know i've got two dogs nick's got three dogs we're new we're, we're young in this game what does it take to make a grouse dog you know what are the <laughs> thing what are the things that you you do with your dogs or or you know what's that recipe you know is it is it birds is it this development what are your kind of staples for how you, you know, bring your dogs up? Time, patience, and you you, you got to want to like your dog. Yeah. Okay. Now, I've had one, okay, that was – she was a self-hunter. And um, I could never do anything. Not in a good way. Not in, not in yeah. a good way. Um, she – we did everything right. Uh, we did everything we knew right. And uh, and I'm hesitant to say that because I don't think people should give up on bird dog. Okay, the Gordon that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, she has come to, and she just wants to please. And I think that you got a dog that wants to please, and most of them do. But with her, the last three four years, and she's nine. So it really took her about five years. And, and, and no, it, it, the first 15 minutes that we had her in the woods, she pointed a grouse and we killed it. Hmm. But, she, but running my faster setters, she'd ever got her to do until I started to run her with the older dogs. Hmm. And then she got an opportunity. You saw her yesterday. Yep. She's a slow starter. But once that first sense hit, she's ready to go hunt. Yeah, she's going to hunt. And, she's uh, nine now, was it? She's nine. Yeah. Yeah, she's nine. And uh, so, you know, um, wouldn't take anything for her. Uh, I tell everybody, I says, what is ever going to own a Parker shotgun? So, uh, you know. <laughs> named your dog we, Parker. We named, Par- <laughs> <laughs> we named her Parker. And my wife had a lot to, to do with that, too. So yeah. they just wanted to name her Parker. So That's cool. Um, but... Uh, We've uh, we've come to appreciate Parker a lot. We really have. Yeah. And um, now, where were you going just a minute ago before going on to Parker with uh, Jesse? I'm assuming you're talking about yeah. Jesse. Yeah. yeah. The Jesse, the self hunter. Yeah, Jesse. And, and I've learned something about naming dogs too, because Jesse's names on her pers- on her uh, papers is Jezebel. Mm. She lived up to it. <laughs> she, she loved up to it and uh said so, but she was like i say she was uh just and, and funny the older she got the worse she got with hmm. it being out of control like she knew what she was doing it was, yeah it was her way it was her way yeah yeah it was 
So when you say she, self hunter, was it she, was it in the field? She had no connection yep. with. Yep. There was like there was no relationship, and it's not like that we didn't do everything that we could. To Similar grow, to all the other to dogs, grow, to, to yep. everything else that we did with the other dogs. Yep. And I'm just hesitant to, to to talk about that much because yeah. I don't want folks to give up on their dog. They got a dog that they like. I don't want them to give up. Yeah. You know, it it some of them take time. You know, right? You know, I've I've Nick carried Joni. You know, and and Joni's still got a lot of things to develop, even at three. Is she the orange one? That she's I saw running she's, around? she's yeah. the orange yeah. one. Yeah. Nick had her in Minnesota a couple of years ago at seven and a half months, killed a grouse, killed a woodcock over her. Yeah. You know, I'm still not forgiving him for that. <laughs> you know? But uh, because, you know, I, I, I did offer her, okay? Yeah. And I'm not sure that I meant it now. <laughs> but she needed that. And I got that hope to get her started on the wild birds. And uh, I wouldn't have, I, you know, I wouldn't have sent her anywhere. I wouldn't have sent my dogs to anywhere like that except nick yeah and i right, knew he yeah. would take care of her and you know his his methodology and what he does is he did things that i probably wouldn't have done sure okay you, you shot those birds over points not busted and uh you know and if she broke birds he wasn't shooting right so right. and it was like I'm not sure I would have done. That. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I might not have had the restraint. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not sure. You know, I might have shot. I might not have killed him. But <laughs> uh, well, that, but, that that was funny. Uh, the privilege of taking the any dog's first grouse is, oh, is yeah. awesome. But that was one I think Bill had to stay back home. He was welcoming his uh, his granddaughter mm. on that trip, and so you know he's got this pup and asked me to take her, and and uh, she's. Uh, She's got some gas on her. Yeah. And, uh, but you could tell that, like, you know, she just needed a couple, couple of those contacts to get the light bulb going. And I got to shoot her first grouse. And, and I told Bill it was one of those, the grouse gets up, shoot it. She even goes and hunts dead and gets it and brings it back. And she gets from me to you just five feet away. And I'm like, this is awesome. He's going to get the tail fan. And for her first grouse, she proceeds to just drop it and then just yank all the tail fans out of it. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, no. Hopes and dreams shattered. It's, it's, uh, I went and grabbed all the loose tail feathers at that point and put them in the shotgun shell and wrote, you know, Sharpie, you know, Joni's first grouse. And I yeah. think that's on his mantle now. But uh, that's I'll, I will never forget that to where never trust a seven-month-old pup <laughs> right. when you're just like this is this is happening the heavens well, opened up yeah. the sun was shining down <laughs> and she's just like i'll teach you to trust me all right <laughs> uh, and, and you know with the reality even though she did that i think we're still two years from her being an accomplished she you think accomplished grouse dog she's three or four now uh, she's three three or three, four yeah she's she's three and a half she'll be well four and you, and you just to... everybody listening to this has to recognize that where we live while we're crazy and dedicated and and we're gonna go out there and give it a good what for yeah our dog development down south on proper to perform a a, a proper grouse dog we live season to season almost with our trips to the north woods if wild yeah. birds are truly as important as we have a tendency to say they are right you guys yeah. are at a disadvantage we, we can we use are. quail we can use pigeons we can do whatever all that stuff that you know it's better than nothing you know by all means but it the only way to 
create a rough grouse dog is to get your dog on rough grouse and and obviously it just it's season to season so whereas like he was talking about parker it took her five or six years to really get her feet on her you put her up here in the north woods with somebody or maybe somebody that can come up here for a month long every season you know that that four or five year old dog might have it might have clicked at two yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I think it's, everybody yeah. getting years of experience. Yeah. Comparatively. Yeah. yeah. You, know? And, you know, I think people uh, fail to recognize that where you live and your actual opportunity to hunt said birds, this doesn't only apply to rough grouse. It's yeah. just like, you know, it, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. And that's why I'm hesitant to talk about, well, if you have a two year old dog, you should be here. If you right. have a four year old dog, you should be here. So there's a lot more yeah, context yeah. to yeah. it. Don't entirely. Yeah. 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 And, and it is patience. And again, again, you know, uh, the res- resources you guys are supplying now. Yeah. You know, We're lucky. With, you know, well, you, what you have, but the people that you guys are having and talking to and yeah. about training and, you know, uh, that's helping that, you know, we essentially lost a generation. Nick and I have talked about this, you know, and reality of it is you know i trained a bird dog roughly off the walters book okay yeah and uh and so it's where i where i started do i follow all no i don't follow all of those you know but today you guys are offering so much that people can hear listen to mm-hmm. you know and uh, i'm sitting here here watching you guys on your laptops answering <laughs> questions now yeah. for folks yeah. <laughs> and uh so uh just tremendous resource that you guys are supplying well back to dogs a bit too one thing that i've picked up on that you've said in the last day or whatever and i've wondered this a lot too you know having two dogs i've got sample size n of two right i've got dog one dog two they're both english setters they have similar breeding so when i look at them and i observe the their similarities and differences i'm i'm always kind of asking like is is this are they similar because they're they're similar breeding the same dog or are these differences and they're male and female too which is another Mm -hmm. one that comes up a lot like am i seeing differences in gender or am i seeing differences in just simply one dog versus another and what i've what i've heard you say is every dog's different right you've you've had many more dogs than i have and and each dog is uniquely different in in some form or fashion and that's what i saw and 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 yesterday you've not seen obadiah hunt yet but you saw mandy hunt you've seen both dogs hunt now distinct difference in the way those two dogs hunt but Mandy is Obadiah's mom. Yeah, you know, and but Obadiah hunts like he's more like his daddy did, Amos, and uh, and uh, but he's still yet different from Amos, and uh, you know, even though we're we're talking about same blood, whatever, right? Um, and I've got four dogs now. Some of that changes with age yep. as well, and how they're how they're hunting changes with experience and how they're hunting. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's a matter of learning each dog when yeah. you got them out. You know, um, I went for a couple of years. I dropped the bells from my dogs, okay, because when I went to the Garmin College. But yeah. you know, I can listen to the bells now. 
before they ever go I, and and know what the dog is thinking. Mm-hmm. Now I've spent a lifetime with that, yep. and but still, yet each dog, you know, each dog has its own bell. Yeah. Okay. But are they a particular kind of bell? Because I I like the ones that you were running. They're they're not uh, super loud. I don't know. There's just some things I picked up, and it's yeah. like, okay, I think this will fit. I'll, fits the style of this dog, and I'll you know, sure. and uh, uh, some of them I've swapped out. But it's like, okay, I can almost read what they're thinking. Yeah, I can almost read what they're thinking when I can't see them. Yeah, I got the GPS collars or whatnot, but as we've discovered, there's that six second delay. Yeah, and I, I went back to the, I went back to the bells. My thinking was that. The, the grouse were running out. The grouse were moving right. from the bells. Try to be quiet. And, and, and yeah. um, you know, that can go both ways. The, the bell can be mesmerizing and whatnot. Yep. And with what we saw the other day, with Ob- I don't, you know, with what we saw in, in the working, I don't think the bells have that in there. They, yeah. you know, they, they really do that. And then. I would agree. I, I, I pretty much always run with bells, but I've hunted with enough dogs without. I don't. The dogs that are that are bellless are right. not getting significantly more grouse yeah. pointed than than my dogs that have bells. Well, I've I've, I've got my son-in-law that hunts with me, and uh, he likes that he likes that bell. Yeah, you know, yeah, he, he wants to know what's going on. Uh, it is friend. really nice a bell for if you have a companion or multiple people. Yeah, yeah. multiple people. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, not everybody's going to have that remote or connected yep. to the watch. That bell really comes in handy in that yep. that yeah. instance. I think and, so. And when I ran without him, it's like I miss him. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Miss, I miss that. They, and they wanted that. And I think it was to to what Dick's saying exactly. It's it's beneficial for for them. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think it adds that a level of excitement to it when that bell goes off. Oh yeah, and, and you yeah. know I'm seeing a six about about a six second delay now before I'm getting the signal. Yeah, and uh, when you really, I mean, you really notice it if when those lucky moments where you can see the dog coursing. If you happen to see the dog on point in the grouse woods, I mean, first of all, there's nothing more exciting than that. Oh yeah. Second of all, you just go right in, and then you're approaching the dog, and then there comes the beep. It's like, man, if I didn't see that or do it long enough you'll have those examples where they highlight the deficiencies in that technology i wouldn't go in the woods without it no it's it serves a very important role but from the actual hunting side of things you no. know the bell complements it in a way well that's one of the things uh my buddy over here nick adair is uh <laughs> you know he said you you've got to go you've got to get the gps collars you got to get right. the gps right. collars you sure, Nick? You sure I needed it? <laughs> and uh, first thing I accused you, you just want to know. You, you're tracking me. You want to know my spots. <laughs> I accused him of that, and I said, and then, then I find out that, you know, some of those satellites are using, you're actually using Russian satellites and some mm. of that. So we're going, all right, Nikolai, well, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're trying to steal my spots, you spy, you. <laughs> but now, but that is where, that is where when you invest in somebody and they invest, they come back and help Return you. Return the favor. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm a, you know, I'm an old fart, okay? I'm stubborn and uh, in a lot of my ways. <laughs> he knows that. Uh, a lot of old school. Uh, so, you know, he's the one that has tagged me with the uh, OTB, yep. old-timer bill. Yeah. 
And uh, I never thought of myself being old till he did that. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have more pains every day ever since he said that. So. <laughs> I but, think the first time, do you remember the first time that came up? We're, we're standing at your truck, and we're about to go hunt, and we're trying to map out where we're going. I got my phone up, and I'm looking at OnX. And he's, I can't look at that garbage and pulls this giant four foot square paper <laughs> Give me a map second while I had a dash. And I was like, and he was like, all right, I think we're here. I'm like, look at the phone. We are right here. <laughs> we are facing that direction. <laughs> and, uh, and that, that was when I was like, all right, we get, we got some, we got some updating to do, Bill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some firmware updates. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still highly resistant on most of this. This is actually my first year with Onyx and, uh, you know, uh, messing with it. Um, pain points thoughts I, so far. I, I see it's, uh, I'm still just, trying to figure it out what, yeah. where I'm at with yeah, it yeah. at this point. At some point in the future, I'll start doing the points. You know, I've got the old school GPS that yep. uh, I wear on my belt loop and probably will to the well, day it's, I die. It, so, <laughs> you know, we jokingly call him old timer and, and old fart, but, you know, he's going in the woods with more GPSs than I am. I mean, <laughs> it, I told him the other day, like with his old Garmin handheld that he's had since 07, like he was talking about, then he's got it. Then he's got his his alpha. Then he's got his watch, and then he's you got, got the his watch phone. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good for you. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, but I've told him you're not getting the card of that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no way. The the family is going to auction it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, as everybody knows, Nick and I, you know. You know, we could get carried away with this stuff, so we need you to, you know, healthy dose of reality. Like, hey guys, you know, we've been doing this for, you know, decades. We don't need all that stuff. So it's a good, it's a good balance. Well, you know, the benefits of it being there. You know? Yeah. Uh, when I first started scouting uh, the North Woods, you know, yeah, it looked like a war room yep. at my house because I had the maps out. I had, you know, and I was doing Google Earth and to, to check things out. And my yep. wife, you know, my wife walks in to the my home office that uh, I'm supposed to be doing work in. Oh, gosh, I hope boss not listening. But anyway, and uh, <laughs> so, you know, this was this was several years ago before the first trip. And she walks in and she said, are you planning a war? <laughs> <laughs> because the maps were on the wall, you know. The satellite and I'm, imagery. And I'm putting pins, satellite yeah. imagery. <laughs> Pages printed. Did you have marked. like the string with the thumbtacks and like <laughs> the whole conspiracy layout? Well, not exactly. But the big grouse in the center. <laughs> yeah, we're target. Yeah. But there were highlight markers. <laughs> uh, those are still in the car right now, so they're still out there. Um, lots changed since then, of course. But, yeah. Uh, uh, just some things for familiarity, but. You know, but uh, my daughter being an artist, she actually painted a picture a few years ago with one of my topographical maps. And this, oh, really? This is probably, and what it is, it's my topographical maps that is disintegrated, it's, it's torn uh, where the folds yeah. are. And uh, at the bottom of the picture is a turtle, like the turtle is looking at the topographical map. And Nick probably can really appreciate that because it's like old school, this old slow turtle here looking at this topographical, sure, sure, sure. you know. And so I'll have to uh, get a copy of that uh, of that painting that she did. So yeah. 
it says more and more every year. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Birdshot Podcast presented by Onyx Hunt, Final Rise, and Upland Gun Company. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And if you really love the show and want to contribute above and beyond what you already do by listening, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash birdshot. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Birdshot Podcast. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app. Join millions of other hunters who trust Onyx Hunt to find more game, discover new access, and hunt smarter. Onyx Hunt shows you nationwide public and private land boundaries. They've got topographic and 3D maps. You can track your route, location, and elevation profile. You can save maps for offline use and take Onyx Hunt with you wherever you go. The most comprehensive hunting tool you'll own Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your next Onyx Hunt subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. Hey everyone, this is Nick from the Gundog It Yourself podcast. If you enjoyed this show, then you might want to check out my show as well. We highlight and break down the ins and outs of training your own hunting dog. Whether it's a bird dog or even the occasional hound dog episode, we cover all topics related to hunting dogs. Check out Gundog It Yourself on any podcast streaming platform and hit the subscribe button to be sure not to miss any future episodes.